When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. It is Thursday, and I hope all of you are having fantastic days, even Joe Biden, who now has COVID. We'll get to that in a moment uh, and talk about Hunter Biden, Novak Djokovic, and uh, him not being able to come into the country. Kirby Smart is now super rich, so is Kyler Murray. Dave Chappelle canceled in Minneapolis. Charles Barkley may be joining the Live Tour. But I'll begin here by reading what is not real, but I thought was initially real, and it is indisputably hysterical. So uh, I put this up on Twitter during our show. Uh, I believe that it is funny. I believe it should be the statement from uh, Donald Trump. But again, this is parody, as we said at the end of the radio show, Uh Joe Biden, who many have said is our worst president, has come down with a case of the China virus despite being vaccinated. I hope Sleepy Joe's able to bounce back quickly, much as I was. Doctors describe my fight against the China virus as Herculean, and not meaning the woke Disney Hercules, but but rather the Kevin Sorbo one, the Lou Ferrigno one as well. Joe, I wish you a speedy recovery even though you were taking America in the wrong direction, no one wants Kamala. That's hysterical. Uh, parody uh, statement from 45 Donald Trump. Um, and uh, in the meantime, Joe Biden now has COVID. And so I just want to break down here all of the ridiculousness here. Joe Biden told you in July of last year that if you got the COVID shot, you would neither get nor transmit COVID. Then he told you in January that we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Here's the truth. I really believe that every single one of you out there is going to get COVID. And a lot of you are going to get COVID multiple times like I did. I had the alpha version and I had the remix, the Omicron version. I'll probably get it again because I'm going to be on the road for the entire fall. And so, you will probably get it if you haven't already. Your kids will probably get it if they haven't gotten it already. The COVID shot is not going to stop you from getting COVID. And what I would just say right now is, remember what you were told a year ago. A year ago, you were told You were told a year ago that you would neither get nor spread COVID if you got the COVID shot. That's what the President of the United States said. The President also tried to force you to get the COVID shot or else you were going to lose your job. I want everybody out there to listen to me carefully. Republicans should run this fall on a promise that if they take back the House and they take back the Senate, They will give everyone who lost their job over COVID shot requirements, mandates, their jobs back with back pay in the federal or state governments. Certainly in our military, 
where it remains absolutely bonkers that we ever fired any young, healthy men and women who chose not to get the COVID shot. Again, totally illogical. You're going to get COVID. What they are still telling you is that if you get the COVID shot, it means that you will have a much less severe version of COVID. What I would tell you in general is that I'm not sure that is going to end up being the case in the years ahead. All right? So, just work through this in your mind. A year ago, they told you you wouldn't get or spread COVID. Today, they are trying to tell you, hey, the COVID shot will keep you from getting sick or having any severe health consequences. A year from now, will the data actually reflect that that is true? I think those are very valid questions that everybody out there should be asking. Fortunately, a lot of people are opening up their eyes. In particular, if you have kids between six months and five years old, what you are seeing take place is something quite significant. Parents aren't getting their kids the COVID shots. Six-month-old to five-year-olds, they are simply not getting their kids the COVID shots. And so... And so, as you break this all down, what I would tell you in general is parents care most about young kids of anything out there. 98% roughly of parents with kids in those age ranges are not getting their kids the COVID shot because they've already had COVID and parents are aware that there is no point to it. So, I think that's significant. I think this is a big storyline that is worth following Everybody's going to get COVID. Most of you are going to get COVID multiple times. The COVID shot is not going to stop that from happening. And so, the fact that we still have COVID shot requirements anywhere is absolutely indefensible from a science perspective. Novak Djokovic is right now not able to come into the United States and play in the U.S. Open because he hasn't gotten a COVID shot that doesn't work. What sense does that make at all? There's a petition with tens of thousands of tennis fans who have signed it. Why in the world are we requiring the COVID shot to enter this country in any way? You can come across the southern border illegally. Maybe that's what Novak should do. You can easily come across the southern border, walk right in, no COVID shot requirement. But if you're landing on an airplane, you're supposed to have the COVID shot. It makes no sense, okay? Makes absolutely sense. No sense at all because the COVID shot doesn't keep you from getting or spreading COVID. So why would we have that restriction anyway at all? It just is totally illogical, okay? So I am in favor of Novak Djokovic being able to play, being able to play in the U.S. Open. The vast majority of Americans are as well. This is a nonsensical position. Uh, Congratulations to Kirby Smart. Just got a 10-year, $112.5 million contract. He will make over $10 million a year for each of the next 10 years, going all the way up to $12.5, I believe, in the final year of that 10-year deal. That is not a bad spot to find yourself in if you are Kirby Smart. Uh, the coaching salaries continue to skyrocket. I believe I'm correct in this, that Steve Spurrier was the first head coach to make a million dollars a year in college football. 
and I believe he made a million dollars a year in 1998. Now, I know that the overall rate of COVID, overall rate of COVID, overall rate of inflation is right now at 9.1%. COVID's also inflated. Uh, Inflation rate, 9.1%. So we've had a lot of inflation since 1998, but we got a lot of coaches making in the neighborhood of $10 million or more, more per year. It's money well spent because I guarantee you, Georgia would have paid $100 million to win a national championship, their first since 1980, and they're probably going to win another national championship because Georgia continues to recruit at an incredibly high level, and I don't see any reason why Kirby Smart's team is not going to be perpetually in the top 10 in the years ahead. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We're continuing to roll. More coming back in a moment, but first, this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Um, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle has been canceled in Minneapolis. It makes absolutely no sense that we have entered a world where, right now, just think about it, where comedians are being canceled by comedy venues because people don't like the jokes that they are making. This comedy venue, First Avenue, up in Minneapolis, I want to read you what they said uh, when they canceled the Dave Chappelle show. To staff, artists, and our community, we hear you and we're sorry. We know we must hold ourselves to the highest standards and we know we let you down. We are not just a black box with people in it, And we understand First Ave is not just a room, but meaningful beyond our walls. The First Avenue team and you have worked hard to make our venues the safest spaces in the country, and we will continue with that mission. We believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression, but in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. We know there are some who will not agree with this decision. You're welcome to send feedback. Uh, And so... First Avenue says we believe in diverse voices and freedom of artistic expression so they're canceling a comedian? Because some people are unhappy with the jokes that that comedian will make? This is an upside down world that we have entered into where you have to be able to defend, in my opinion, comedians and their ability to make jokes, some of which may occasionally make people angry. May occasionally make people upset. That's how comedy works. Comedy is not a safe space. It sometimes has sharp edges. It sometimes makes people uncomfortable. Dave Chappelle is one of the foremost proponents of stand-up comedy and biggest talents of stand-up comedy in the entire country. And the idea that we have reached a place where if someone makes jokes that make anyone uncomfortable we're not going to allow those jokes to occur is everything that I reject about American life. And let me just make this clear. This is, to me, emblematic 
of how we have failed, because most of the complaints came from social media, we have failed to treat social media as we would real life. And let me give you an example of this. If anyone had been truly upset about the jokes Dave Chappelle was making in his comedy, they could have protested outside of the comedy club. They could have made signs. They could have organized a protest. And in so doing, they would have to make substantial effort. They would have to get poster board. They would have to find their way to the comedy club. They would have to stand outside in the heat, the rain, whatever the weather might be. And they would have to make an effort to show their faces and be physically present to protest against Dave Chappelle's jokes. Yet, almost every single person watching or listening to this show right now would immediately respond to that by rolling their eyes and telling that person, probably not face-to-face, but certainly under your breath, get a life. If you're really upset about jokes that somebody is is, is making, you are a complete and total loser. Find another way to spend your time. Yet the person who was willing to do all those things, get the poster board, travel to the comedy club, stand outside the comedy club in whatever the weather might be, and actually share their opinion deserves far more respect than the person who goes on social media and just demands that a show be canceled from the comfort of their home, sitting on a Wi-Fi from the couch, arguing for something, probably from an anonymous account, maybe from an account that has like 8, 10, 20 different accounts. Okay? Think about that for a moment. Think about for a moment that we are valuing the person who does virtually nothing over the person who would be willing to make their voice heard and spend their time and effort and energy to stand up outside of a comedy club. This is, to me, representative of how backwards we get social media. We should have more respect for in-person statements, protests, whatever you want to call it, and less respect for online. Instead, we respect the online more, even though it requires less energy and effort, and even though it's less likely to be real than we do actual in-person protesters. Just think about it. Social media didn't exist really until about 14 or 15 years ago, and it's exploded on the scene, but yet it isn't still understood by most people out there. Uh, Charles Barkley is potentially going to join the Live Tour as a media analyst, as a commentator. I think that would be a great move by the Live Tour. He had dinner last night in Atlanta with Greg Norman to talk about the potential of that relationship. I am traveling next week up to uh, the state of uh, the state of uh, New Jersey, I guess, right? I'm going to New York City. Bedminster, I am playing in the Pro-Am. I probably am going to be the worst Pro-Am player, potentially even worse than Barkley, who I believe is also playing at Bedminster. I'm looking forward to that, but I think it would be a great hire for the Live Tour, which seems to be all about trying to make golf as entertaining as possible. I think that Charles Barkley would be a greatly entertaining member on the tour. And I would continue to say, I'd love to go head-to-head against Charles Barkley and see who could post the best overall score. 
I think that would be riveting, awful golf uh, uh, competition. Kyler Murray's got a new contract, massive dollar figure. Uh, Arizona Cardinals quarterback, there's been a lot of uh, disagreement going back and forth between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Remains to be seen in a very, uh, very tenuous NFC West, which has gotten, frankly, a lot worse with Russell uh, Wilson leaving the Seahawks to go to the AFC and join the Broncos. Uh, it looks like Justin Herbert's going to be really, really good with the Chargers. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what end. Uh, sorry, it's the AFC West. We'll see what ends up happening in the AFC West, which I believe is the best division in football right now. When you talk about Mahomes, you talk about Russell Wilson, you talk about Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. The AFC West is absolutely stacked. The NFC West used to be the best division in the NFC, but with Russell Wilson leaving, Seahawks are in a rough spot when it comes to their quarterback. Uh, it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is on the trading block officially uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. It appears that they're ready to go to Trey Lance. We don't know how good uh, or bad Trey Lance will be as a quarterback there. There might be an opportunity. We know the Rams, uh, the relationship between McVay and Stafford is likely to continue uh, to be very, very successful. And so there's this kind of weird uh, interregnum there where you ask yourself, okay, what are the Arizona Cardinals going to be capable of? Are they going to be able to take advantage of the Seahawks potentially coming back and rebuilding a bit? Is Kyler Murray going to be a quarterback capable of winning multiple uh, playoff games or even, frankly, a playoff game and taking his team on a run to the Super Bowl? Or are things not going to pan out for him? The Cardinals at times looked phenomenal, but Kyler Murray, still a mobile quarterback, takes hits, was injured last season, did not perform at a very high level down the stretch run of the season, didn't live up to the white-hot start that the Cardinals had. What will he and Cliff Kingsbury be able to put together and uh, and manage as a duo? We will see uh, going forward. Finally, the Pulitzer has stood behind, which is crazy to me, the Russiagate investigation of the New York Times and the Washington Post. You'll remember that and there's a good article up about it at OutKick right now where we're doing a lot of great work on a day-to-day basis. The Pulitzer has stood behind Russiagate for both the New York Times and the Washington Post. And what they have officially said at the Times and the Washington Post is we don't care about truth, honesty, veracity, any of that. They got the Pulitzer because we wanted their investigation of Donald Trump to be accurate because we wanted the idea that Russia had led to Donald Trump's investigate uh, election, uh, that this investigation was true. We wanted Trump to be the Manchurian candidate. The actual truth did not matter. Um, so everything that is going on right now continues to be uh, a lie as it pertains to the Pulitzer board and the fact that they are not willing to pull those Pulitzers that they awarded in 2018 is an abject failure. All right. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, this is Outkick the Show. I am Clay Travis. I'll be hanging out with you tomorrow on Clay and Buck. Encourage you to go listen. As always, Art Laffer was fantastic today. Really good conversation with him. This has been Outkick the Show.